Welcome to Beyond the Reef podcast. I'm your host, Uilani Tevanga, and I have five incredible keiki, an amazing hubby, and a thriving business that I have built by helping thousands believe in themselves again. This show is a place for the driven island wahine who is ready to create generational wealth and break free of any barriers that may be holding her back from going next level in her business and relationships. Yes, my sis, I am talking to you. That calling in your heart is your kuleana, and I can't wait for you to go from overwhelmed to literally living a life that you once believed was impossible. I'm so excited you're here. Let's have some fun and let's go beyond the reef. All right, I am so, so excited for today's episode. I have a dear friend joining us today. Her name is Telese Scanlon, and she is from Puna, Hawaii. She is a mom. She is two, three boys. She is a wife, and she is an amazing businesswoman, and I can't wait to just hear all of her advice, hear her journey, and all the gold that she's going to drop in this episode. And I wanted to share that, you know, the company that she is with has been around for just a little bit, but she has definitely created a space for Hawaiian and Polynesian women to thrive and become business owners. So she's a mentor to a lot of women. And so in this episode, definitely grab a piece of paper if you can. Because as she starts to unpack her story, I know you're going to find so much value in today's episode. So thank you, sis, for joining us um, on Beyond the Reef podcast. And I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about who you are and just kind of dive into your story and kind of what you're doing now. But what, you know, what was like life like growing up? We all want to hear not just what you do, but who are you as a person? Thank you so much for having me. I will say I'm like half nervous, half super excited to be <laughs> No here. nervous, no nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I can start with growing up here. Yeah, I yes. love that. Okay, uh, so I was born and raised on Hawaii Island. Um, my ohana is from Kau. Uh, so I want to say we're the first ones to kind of move over to Puna. And yeah, I mean, I moved, I moved to Oahu for a couple years in college, which is where I met my husband. But for the most part, I cannot ever see myself living anywhere else. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Big island forever. I love it. Forever. And there was, <laughs> there, there was one like really small opportunity for us to move to California. And I just couldn't do it because I needed my babies to be here. So as soon as I got Hapai with our oldest, we settled here on the Big Island. Um, so Roots has been definitely dropped in Puna. Mm, yeah, so let's see. I was raised by a mechanic who is originally from Waimanalo. Um, my, and that's my stepdad. My biological dad is from American Samoa. So I'm half Samoan. Um, my mom, she's the one that's from Kau. So, and my mom is a teacher. So I basically, um, I know this is kind of like business slash personal. Yeah, all, all in sense. All of it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I come from a family of tradesmen and teachers. And they were all like, when, when I look back, 
they're all very restricted with time. Um, if they didn't show up, they didn't get paid. That that was just kind of uh, that was just kind of the norm. And it was also like you work from sun up till sundown, like out of the womb to the tomb kind of thing. Wow. So yeah. So I I always knew that regardless whatever it was that I did, um, I kind of wanted to avoid that, like perpetuating that same, you know, workaholic vibe. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So when, how many siblings do you have? Um, I have one sister. I have a couple stepbrothers and another stepsister. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the youngest. Yeah. And I, I don't know how it was in most families, but the youngest is kind of like the guru, the one that runs and do all the things for everyone. So I don't know, like, all I remember all of my friends growing up, they would always be at the beach. I'd be at the shop cleaning, changing tires, fixing oil, washing cars. Okay, that's pretty amazing. I don't even know how to like fully change a tire. So here we go. <laughs> amazing. I was like, husband, help me. I know I've I, like missed that lesson. Um, oh, no, no, no. Now my husband does everything. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about, um, you know, becoming a mom and, you know, like you're saying, not wanting to work from the womb to the tomb. I love that that term. When did you decide? Because you did go to school. What did you go to school for? I went to school originally for, for psychology and I wanted to pursue um, educational psych, but I had keiki and things change when you have a family. Uh, so I actually went into marriage and family therapy, which I should be getting my master's in the next four or five months. Amazing. Yeah. So when you had your first, what? what was life like you know where were you guys you know financially where were you guys in the position to just be like yes you can just stay home with no worries or was it like (laughs) what kind of decision was that oh I'm sure like most it was just wild um my husband like I said originally from American Samoa we met in college um I got hapai as soon as we got married like was not the plan at all um but he he wasn't he didn't graduate from college at the time, and I was a third grade teacher at the time, and that was just like a random job. Um, but I knew straight off the back because of how I was raised that I wanted to stay home with my kids, and also I don't trust people with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also add that we come from a family that they're not I don't even know how to explain it but not very strong support system when it comes to our kids you know how like there there's so many families that just kind of come together and kokua when whenever can but not really our family it's like you make your babies you watch your babies no one else does it which I'm all about and I love, uh, but we definitely did not have a support system here. <laughs> so it was, there was really no choice. I had to stay home with my baby. All right. Um, and yeah. so how many years into being a stay-at-home mom did you find your quote-unquote thing? Huh. Um, 
I had all three of my babies. Like after I gave birth to my first one, I was already searching for something. Like I was looking for something that I could do from home. Uh, but my husband went from job to job. We were living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, like you live on Maui and Maui is more expensive than our island. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely was like we couldn't even imagine having our own home um we were renting a place that was so small (laughs) uh and we we knew that something needed to change so my husband switched careers um after we had our second which was terrific and um because he switched careers we rarely saw him which gave me even more motivation to keep looking for something and mind you I tried different things yeah I I I definitely want to hear about that because I think people will pop onto your social media and they'll just see you in flow and winning and like yes this is what I do but people don't see that there was a whole like journey to this place and and I had to remind people but I still have to remind people I'm like oh my goodness I have done so many (laughs) in order to find the one that was like for now and it's not forever you don't know that but yeah yeah, I I definitely want to you don't have to tell us everything but But definitely in the here yes okay so I mean honestly leading up to here um so my, my husband's current job he he we love what he does he loves what he does. The income is actually very good in comparison to what he was in prior to that. Um, but there was still so much more that we wanted to do. Uh, and I I went back to teaching for a little bit. But then I quickly realized that I'm giving all this love, aloha, energy, time to these other kids. And that's great, right? Mm-hmm. But my kids was getting like the burnt pieces of me yeah and then I was so I was like okay I can't be a teacher so I was like maybe I can be a substitute teacher so I was subbing and that was cool um (laughs) uh but again I had three babies at home so I kind of like only took the jobs when my husband was off of work and his schedule is crazy and chaotic. So that was rare. It still wasn't enough income. So I started a little photography business on the side. That was, that was so fun, but that still took me out of the home. Right. And then it would be like all day because it would be weddings or um, whatever kind of special events that they were needing me for. Uh, There was also, Oh, I'm also a driver's ed teacher. Wow, Uh, that's amazing. Uh, But I mean, I still do that periodically as needed. But that was definitely a source of income that I heavily relied on in the past. And now it's like, oh, it's nice if it's if I'm available and if it's there, because I'm I've become a strong believer in multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Yeah. No. So I'm trying I'm trying to think of all the things. Oh, I also took a nine to five job at a social work agency in Hilo Um, and then it lasted for all of I think nine months I just couldn't do it I couldn't be away from my babies every time I told myself no we need um, like our financial life it needs to be prioritized higher than my family yeah it just didn't work out (laughs) I, I love hearing this and I hope that people that are listening will will take heart to it because I see so much shame around 
people switching gears. And mm-hmm. the thing is, you got to in your marriage, you got to in your, you know, your home life, you got to make it work around that. And it's like, I don't know when we got it into our heads that, oh, you come out of high school, or you come out of college, and you pick one path and you stick and with this path. Like, what the hell kind of rule <laughs> is this? Because that's not life. Like, we got to experience different things, you know? So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring you to, like, now... For those of you listening, I actually found this amazing wahine on Instagram. Was Instagram or Facebook? I don't remember. Instagram. Online. Yeah, it was Instagram. And I remember falling on this page and I'm like, I just love her vibe. And I feel like we could totally be amazing friends. And this is even before I started in, in my current company. Mm-hmm. Like, Girl, I don't know what you do, but I'm going to do it with you. I just, and that was the first time I ever reached out to a random person on, on the internet. And I was like, I'm going to do this with you, which I didn't, but I totally supported um, and have ever since. <laughs> but I just loved the name. And so if you go and look at her on Instagram, which you should, and you need to follow her because she's so fun to watch, Ulu and Coconuts. And you're oh like, well, what is what is that for? Is she selling ulu and coconuts? Like, what's going on? This is um, become her brand, but it's also become her message. And so, I want to talk to you about what is behind the name, um, and you know, how do you tie it into the career path that you've chosen for the moment? So, <laughs> all right. So when I first um, entered the direct sales, social selling, network marketing, whatever label you want to put on that. All the things, um, girl. All the things. <laughs> like, we do it every single day. Oh, making and, it weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally realized, um, like, we do it every, I do it every day. Like, why don't I just start getting paid for that? Right. Uh, but I also had, like, being Hawaiian, identity issues, um, I'm sure that's common among so many. Uh, and I, there was a huge part of me that hesitated in, in even starting. Like I saw this amazing company. I already knew that I was looking for more. I was praying to Heavenly Father, help me, bring me something. And then I found something that I completely aligned with. And um, sorry, I don't want to talk about my business, but no, I mean, like, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, when I found this thing, what was holding me back was this is a company from the mainland. Like it's not from Hawaii and I'm all about support local, right? Mm-hmm. Like buy local, go down to the shop that your auntie's cousin, sister owns and go support her versus going to target or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So I was like, okay, how can I do this in a way uh, that feels good? Yeah, because I know it's going to be good for my family. I know any kind of financial gain is going to be good for us. And in turn, we're going to give it back to our economy locally here. So it's all going to be win-win. But so I really sat on it. And the just ulu and coconut. So ulu in Hawaiian is growth, right? We know that. Um, I mean, it's like the bread of fruit, but it's also growth. And for me at the time, I felt like a coconut, like imposter syndrome, right? Brown on the outside, white on the inside. And I know I'm not, but I still had those doubts. So that space, Ulu and Coconuts, even though it's just like one little Instagram page, 
for me, it was a way that I could um, just create a community because that was my whole thing. I want to be able to create a community where women and I mean, I guess men, but more so women (laughs) feel safe and they can work on their health and wellness journey. And that's not just like physical health. Um, I know my products really tend to like the physical health feature, but my whole thing, like marriage and family therapy is my background, psychology is my background. And I wanted a heavy importance on an emphasis on mental health. So um, it was just like all the things, body, brain, business in one. And and it was just, I, I thought that it was incredible. And the company that I represent um, at the time when coming in, all you saw were these like beautiful women, but they were all just like really skinny haole women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine yourself as someone from Hawaii, brown, that looks completely opposite to that and maybe like three times bigger than her um, in that same position. So I went ahead and created my own marketing materials and I created my own photo shoots and um yeah that was just kind of the birth of it amazing I love that so much and there's so much to unpack in that let's talk about ulu and coconuts again about the growth and about the imposter syndrome because more often than not that is legit one of the things like we want to grow and then it's like whatever voice is in our head saying you don't match you don't belong you're not good enough all the things start to come up so how did you in these in this journey overcome that and I know it's a constant you know we go we go back but you've created such a beautiful community and and a really big following you know with with people that want to do things out of the box and be confident in their bodies and like own own their mana you know there's just this when you said creating marketing carving your own path so I want to talk about how you're able to push past these these self-doubt thoughts and you know yeah okay that's um I totally want to answer that but I can be real. I love your podcast because you're real. So I'm going to be very yeah, honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my following went over 10K and it was incredible. And I was getting so much positive feedback, but I wasn't generating any money from that. Mm. And then I decided um, May of this year that I was going to start showing up in that space more real and more vulnerable. And within like... um. I think it was like a two, three months span. My following dropped half, but I've never gotten paid more than more than I have in these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was mind blowing because now I'm finally showing up with the real me, and now I'm getting real connections and you know creating like a genuine community. So the community that I had thought that I built um, was awesome, but it it was still like this facade, you know, like it still wasn't the real me in it. And I, and actually looking back, I think all of the connections and, and conversations that I had prior to that, like it was, it was good. It was genuine. It was authentic, but it was still like, it wasn't that safe space that I thought that I was creating. 
it was still like, oh, but I still want to look like this. Or um, we still are working towards this perfection as opposed to just focusing on the process, trusting the journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, yes. Um, I love that. And, you know, for those people that are listening to this too, you won't get that kind of clarity, though, thinking about that. You got that clarity from actually doing it and actually getting your feet wet and then building and then be like oh just kidding I actually want this you know I'm actually gonna show more of real me but sometimes we just hold ourselves back and think oh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just figure this out by thinking about it but you didn't you really took action for this year so I definitely clapped so hard for you sis because yeah but like but like you said it was um it was just me getting over my own stuff and Mm -hmm. and I think you were the one that told me this I'm sure you've mentioned it in your podcast um taking radical responsibility like Mm -hmm. I was I was expecting these these things to just come to me but I wasn't actively working on myself in order to get them and attract them and bring them into my life so I had to do a real self-check on that you're amazing all right so when you you know, started doing your marketing. I want to talk about that too. Yeah. What has been like your biggest highlight in mentoring these women to own their space, to be confident in their bodies? Because a big message that you have that I see is like body confidence. And what does that mean specifically to island women? Um, I've seen this in myself and I've seen this in so many other women that we tend to make ourselves smaller for others to feel comfortable, for us not to stand out because we think we can't do it or because um, we're not meant to do it because we've never Mm -hmm. seen a brown person or Polynesian person or island woman be in those places that we want to be. So there's so much shame wrapped around it. So my whole thing, whenever um, I'm mentoring someone and, and I work really closely with whoever it is, um, I, I really try my best to lean into their strengths for one, like everybody should be doing that. But also I keep on letting them know, like I believe in them and I'm going to keep believing in them until they can believe in themselves. Um, and my whole thing is confidence coaching. And I told them one small step at a time and you will get there. Like I had to confidence coach myself. Um, (laughs) So I will help you along the way. Uh, But because I was seeing that just so commonly amongst all these incredible women, it's like, okay, I see you. I see your potential. How can I get you to where you want to go? Because they have all these goals. And and I, I really can't pinpoint it because I cannot take all that on um but I know that we can only inspire and not require and we can um yeah you know what I'll just leave it at that (laughs) I love it and I understand because also having you know quite a large team you, you see so much potential in so many people and some people just stop way too early you know they just kind of I'm coming out the gates and I'm doing this and I'm going to change my life and all the things. And then a couple months in, you're like, where, what happened? Where are you? So what's been the, 
Yeah, right. And you're just like, I just poured my heart and soul into everything. Okay, thanks. I would like to know when you're, you know, mentoring women, because that's ultimately what we do, right? It's not the items that we're selling, but the goal is in helping people reach for more as we have done ourselves. What has been the highlight of mentoring, you know, the women that come to you? And then what has been something that you've had to learn to work through? Okay, 100%. One of the things that um, I had to work through admitting is helping these women get paid. Like, for whatever reason, I had my own shame around that because local families, money mindset is just ridiculous. But I had to... What is a story? I'm going to pause on that. What is a story (laughs) that you've had to overcome? Because this is good. So we talk a lot about here. It's like getting over, healing our money mindset. Yeah. Um, And really, it was just, uh, you need to go to like a normal nine to five. And what I was saying, like womb to the tomb, like you need a blood, sweat and tears. I mean, blood, sweat and tears definitely goes into my business, but I don't have a traditional Mm-hmm. business I come from a family of trades people and mm-hmm. and I connect with women online at the beach or when I'm traveling going from here to visiting Ohana in Utah you know like mm-hmm. it's just not what we were accustomed to and you know I didn't graduate yet I don't have my own um, practice yet you know there's all these things but I'm making a substantial amount of income more than I would as a certified marriage and family therapist and I don't know it's blessed my life in so many ways um, that I just had to get over it (laughs) that I just had to get over it straight up like sometimes it's like yeah just get over it like you you realize it and then we're moving on from this Yeah, I am worthy to get paid and make money beyond what I ever thought it was possible. Yeah. And and a huge block for me, again, Hawaiian identity. Remember, Ulu and Coconuts, we're always going back to growth and Mm -hmm. just getting over this imposter syndrome. But um, I I realized after doing some sort of training, um, I realized as I was talking that I was holding myself back, which is always the case, but in a way that I was putting, um, I was putting like this thing on me being Hawaiian. So I had to get over the fact that I was a Hawaiian woman in a Haole world making money and that I wasn't, um, you know, like I wasn't creating my own clothing. I wasn't putting my own brand and logo on this piece and, you know, putting it out there. It was someone else's thing that I was sharing with the world. And that's just, yeah. Sorry, I hope that that makes sense. (laughs) No, I get it. I totally get it. And so I want to ask you one final question, because this has been amazing. And I know you're just like, oh, I'm just talking, but there's just so much power (laughs) in personal story. And it's not always going to be like these life altering, like freak accident, knock on wood kind of things. It's going to be in the daily actions of like raising your family and like, Mm -hmm. you know, healing our past stories and, and, and then helping other people to do the same. And so I know you're sitting here like, Oh, you know, but I really am grateful for you. And I want to ask you one more question. What makes you feel most powerful? And you don't have to answer right away because I can totally edit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can like bridge the gap, but it's good. You know, like when do you feel the most powerful? When do you feel your mana is greatest? When I'm present as a wife and mom. Mm. And I like crying. Yes, yes. But my business flourishes because because I see how it benefits others. And then that fills my cup and I'm able to fill my kids and my husband and I'm able to show up for them in a way that I couldn't before. Yeah, so it's a combination of things, but definitely being able to show up for my own family. What is so beautiful about what you said is, you know, there's so much stigma around moms wanting to be home with their babies. And in the industry that we're in, it's like, oh, so cute. You're a little like I see it. I get that all the time. But the mana and the glue is, it's the pico, right? It is what's been connected to our womb. And it's the generations coming forward. And it is returning back to that space of mothering, which is so des- you know, desperately needed, and especially in this time. And I love that you said that. And I hope that that gives courage and comfort and helps other people remain steadfast in their whatever is calling to them. Because it's always going to go back to what matters most. It's always going to go back to no matter whatever, culturally, you know, spiritually, whatever you want to add to it that, yeah, I love that. That's where you get the, you know, you feel most powerful. I could talk to you all day long. Yeah. I'm sorry. I took up so much of your time. No, not even. This is amazing. And, you know, I know this is going to help so many people and I'm definitely going to have you back because I feel like there's a, to your story. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) okay we're back um you know there's so much more to your story and you have so much leadership skills and and business marketing that you're you know that you've discovered on your own which is just amazing to me that I know your company is like floored by and all the things but I just want to honor you in your journey and honor you in the woman and the wahine that you are and the leader that you are in carving your own path Beyond the Reef is about not looking outside of how can I be like this, but turning back inwards and carving a path and creating a space for more where he needs to do that. And you have done that beautifully. And that is why I was like, oh, yeah, I want you going to be one of my first guests. So thank you, my sis. I love you so much. And I will let you get back to your babies. But yeah, I'm so grateful. And that's how we're going to end this. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you loved what you heard and just want to share it with all your titas out there, sis, do me a favor, screenshot, post and tag me on Instagram so I can stock your profile and we can connect more. There's so much goodness coming your way. So don't forget to subscribe and I would love it if you left a five-star review so we can grow this space for our wahine. 
Mahalo for being here. Now get out and show the world how amazing you are.